Welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. City on a Hill is a Catholic young adult community located in the greater Kansas City area with a mission to inspire and form the young adult generation in their pursuit of sainthood. In each episode, we feature a young adult who will share their story of encountering Christ, some specific ways they are personally pursuing sainthood, and how they live on mission here in Kansas City. We are grateful you've decided to tap into our community and hope that you feel inspired on your personal pursuit of sainthood. Thanks for listening in, and here are your hosts. Welcome back to another episode of the City on a Hill podcast. I'm Father Andrew Mattingly, your host. Happy to have on as co-host tonight, Mr. Marco Casanova. Welcome. Thank you, Padre. Always a pleasure. And our guest this evening, Miss Ellen Kopetsky. Ellen, Ellen, welcome on the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> how you How you doing today? I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> kind of a long day of meetings at work, yep. but um, getting ready to go back to school here soon. So yep. it's a lot of fun getting ready for all the students to mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. Tell us where you teach. Um, I teach in. Um, an elementary school here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, I do elementary special education, so nice. kind of a little bit of anything and everything. But yeah. it's a lot of fun. How long have you awesome. have you taught there? Uh, I've taught for three years now. Wow! Uh, so I finally feel like I'm getting the hang of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and special. Forgive my ignorance. Like yeah. elementary special ed, is it a pretty broad? spectrum of special needs kids mm-hmm. all in the same room it or how does it be. work yeah so my classroom um is pretty pretty specialized i do a program that um, we have a lot of occupational therapy and mm. speech therapy hmm. music therapy hmm. which is super fun oh, um, cool. so different service providers will come in and work with our students and then we do hmm. a lot of um different you know social and emotional um, behavioral and academic too obviously but Mm. a lot of those specialized services which is a lot of fun it's never the same thing every day and a lot of moving parts but wow it makes it a lot of fun (laughs) and how big is your team i imagine you have a team of teachers or is it is it are you kind of leading the charge there yeah so the way my program works i am the teacher and then i have paraprofessionals that work in my room as well okay um and then, you know, the whole special education team also includes, you know, the speech therapist, the sure. occupational therapist, um, kind of whatever the kids need. Sometimes wow. we'll have vision specialists if they need that or social workers, just whatever they need to be successful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do you come from a family of teachers? Like, did somebody inspire you <laughs> to be a teacher? <laughs> Ironically, I do come from a family of teachers. Uh, both my older sisters are also teachers. Cool. Um, I always like to tell people I wanted to be a teacher first. They just beat me to it because they were older. <laughs> Copycats. <Nice>. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, three teachers so far in the family. Wow. But That's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Very life giving. So sure. Thanksgiving must be really like full of patient people. <laughs> no? Patient Maybe people not. or people who have run out of patience <laughs> nice. and need a break. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's great. Well, Ellen, yeah, just tell us your um, tell us your story of faith, your testimony. Yeah. Um, so I grew up. Um, I was born into a Catholic family. Um, I have three sisters, so kind of like I already mentioned, two Mm. older and a younger, so I'm 
sandwiched in the middle a little bit there. Um, no brothers, which, you know, is a lot of fun just having a bunch of girls everywhere. <laughs> How does your dad feel about that? He always just quietly smiles and says, I'm I'm very blessed. <laughs> blessed nice. are you among women. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice. So... Yeah, he he's a champ. I I don't know how he does it, but he uh, truly is a Saint Joseph. That's wow. for sure. He's just a very humble, hardworking, um, deals with all girls. So I don't know how he does he's it. Got to be a saint. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I uh, grew up in a Catholic family, and um, the community that we were in was really unique. Um, I kind of never realized it until I left. But um, you know, most of the houses in our neighborhood were Catholic and had little Mary statues out front and um, lived just, you know, up the street from our church. So we would, you know, walk to church and um, our elementary school was right right across from that. And we had, you know, several priests, but then there was also a convent attached mm. to our parish um, of sisters that taught at the school. Mm. So, um, you know, you would see the sisters on their evening rosary walk and wow. get to talk to them and stuff them on the street and the priests as well. So that's really cool. Where is where is this place? Uh, Lincoln, can't Nebraska. Be around here. It has to be Lincoln. Lincoln yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was okay. gonna say this sounds like Lincoln. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. It wow. was a big blessing for sure. I never mm. realized how much of a blessing it was until mm. I left. But wow. Um, yeah, I'm very very grateful for it. Born and raised in Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah, just, you know, from the moment, you know, I was born, it was just, you know, the Catholic culture mm -hmm. surrounded, surrounding me, which, you know, I, yeah, I just cannot put into words how thankful I am for that. But, um, you know, the faith was truly lived out in our community, which I really, um, admired, you know, mm -hmm. um, and we could, you know, see our teachers and the sisters out and about and the priests and all the families just, you know, getting together and doing different things. Um, and when I was younger, I was always this independent minded girl <laughs> and <laughs> got, you know, into, into some trouble, but I always just kind of had this attitude of I was going to do everything on my own and by myself. And it was all, you know, my plan and I'm going to do this. And I think, yeah, my dad always likes to tell the story of the day I turned four. Mm. I looked at him and I said, okay, I'm done with my training wheels. Take them off. <laughs> and he was like, no, we're not doing that. And I finally, after bothering him so many times, he's like, finally, like, fine, whatever. I don't care. And took them off. And I, of course, crashed and kept crashing. And then... I have this funny memory of it starting to sprinkle and starting to rain. And mm. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I just kept going. Um, so, yeah, just grew up as a very determined mm. girl, um, which, you know, can be good and bad. Sure. Um, I think that, <laughs> yeah, it can definitely be used in really great ways and then um, definitely be, you know, kind of used as a weakness, too. And as I started to get older and kind of moved into middle school, I started to kind of fall into this temptation of believing that I had to earn God's love mm. um, and that it was all placed on my shoulders to do everything perfectly and earn his love and started to really kind of see sin where there wasn't any sin and became very scrupulous. Um, and it took mm. a lot of... Yeah, it was it was a big challenge, but 
Um, and it took a lot of help from, you know, my parents and teachers and our priests to, you know, kind of counsel me through that and help me realize, like, you know, you don't earn God's love. God's mm. love is, you know, mm. freely given. And Amen. I love that, you know, we're here at Good Counsel, which is the Shrine for Divine Mercy, because that was so huge yeah. for me is just, you know, understanding divine mercy and that, you know, the Lord just wants you to love him and you don't have to live in fear, you know, and just yeah. trust in his mercy and his forgiveness was huge. And so over time, you know, I kind of went out, you know, not outgrew it, but was able to, you know, have a more well-formed conscience. Um, and throughout the years would just encounter the Lord in different ways. Um, some distinct moments I remember were my first communion. I just mm -hmm. was so excited and, um, it was just one of the best days, um, of receiving Jesus for the first time. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't remember too much. I just remember it was like a really wow. beautiful day. Um, but then another place where I really remember encountering the Lord was, um, I would go to this Catholic summer camp and we would have, um, adoration every night outdoors mm. and Toast just, to us. uh, no, it was called Camp Kateri. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, we would just have adoration and confession and, um, it was just, I just remember, you know, sitting there in the grass and just having this overwhelming sense of peace come over me, mm -hmm. um, and just like joy. Um, and it was just, you know, you, you almost can't put it into words and you yeah. really can't describe it, mm -hmm. but just encountering the Lord, you know, in the blessed sacrament there, uh, was really, really profound. But, um, yeah, over time as I kind of, you know, was trying to overcome this scrupulous conscience that I had developed um, going into high school, I kind of developed this habit. Um, so we had a chapel in our high school. It was a Catholic high school, and there was a chapel down the main hallway. And I I don't know where it started, but I just developed this habit of just going to the chapel all mm -hmm. the time. Um, you know, sometimes it was for 30 seconds in between a class, or sometimes it was, you know, five minutes before school or sometimes I should not have done this, but sometimes I would like come to class 10 minutes late and be like, I'm sorry, I was in the chapel. And they're like, you can't do that. And I was like, oh, you're right. Oh, dang it. I was visiting the Lord. Yeah. Are you really going to give me a demerit for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, awesome. But yeah, I just really learned to, you know, whenever there is a moment of, you know, an anxious or scrupulous thought just to go to Jesus. And, wow. you know, I didn't always want to go. Sometimes I would sit there and, you know, be really upset or sometimes I'd sit there and just be bored. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the Lord just loves that you go. Yeah. Um, amen. Yeah. So um, I just really developed this habit and I don't know how it started, but. Um, so like going to the Eucharist really help you, helped mm -hmm. you to to overcome scrupulosity in a way or? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, you know, sometimes I would come out not feeling any better than when I went in, mm. but I think overall, I mean, absolutely the Eucharist and, you know, we can't even fathom the graces yeah. that come from that. Amen. So, you know, in the moment I might not have always realized, wow, you know, Jesus loves me so much and he's giving me all these graces. Um, in the long term, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Amen. I truly believe that that, was pivotal in overcoming that. And I think too, it really prepared me. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I had a pretty significant head injury that put me out for a while. And it was this, you know, moment of, wow, like mm. 
I really am not in control of my life, mm. you know, and, you know, everything can kind of change in an instant. But um, and, you know, when you're laying there, you know, not able to take care of yourself, the Lord provides. And wow. I just felt this immense amount of peace surrounding it, even though, you know, you're injured and you're hurting and in pain. I just knew that Jesus was there. Mm. And it was just that overwhelming sense of peace again. And it's kind of funny because I always used to think that peace was, you know, when everything was happy and joyful, but it's really not. It's when Christ is present. You know, crazy mm. things can be happening all around you, but you have peace when Christ is present. Mm. So, um, yeah, finally, you know, after so many years, I was finally able to understand the Lord's mercy and to be able to trust in him and not rely on myself because I had just developed a sense of self-reliance for so long. But, um, you know, through different experiences was finally, you know, able to just be like, no, Jesus, I am yours. Um, so yeah, it just gave an immense amount of freedom and peace that, you know, is there's nothing else like it. Mm. And yeah, ever since then, it's just kind of like, okay, I'm yours. Wow. So, yeah. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Ellen. Um, uh, the Eucharist definitely is a theme in your life. Yeah. Uh, First communion, adoration at the summer camp, mm -hmm. visiting the chapel in high school. found that pretty beautiful. We may get into this later. I don't know, but I'm just curious what your devotion to the Eucharist looks like now. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's grown on a perfectly inclined plane, you know, mm -hmm. from First Communion all the mm -hmm. way to today? Or, like, is there a certain aspect <laughs> of your love for the Eucharist that has really, I don't know, come up in the last couple of years? Or You know, I, and it's hard to, it's hard to say, I guess. I really, you know, make an effort to go to daily Mass. That's a really big part yeah. of my life that, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I might go to mass and not want to be there at all. Some days I have to fight with myself. I'm like, I don't want to go. I just want to go home and eat some chicken nuggets or something. But, you know. It's 6.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> this is in the evening. So oh, okay. I'm like, I could go just eat dinner early or I could go to mass and receive Jesus. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I don't always want to go. Mm -hmm. But Is chicken nuggets your go-to? <sighs> Not even. It's not my go-to. It's just like whenever I don't want to do stuff, all I can think about is how much I want Chick-fil-A. Oh, pretty much. oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to go to a meeting. Let's go get Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah. Chick-fil-A yeah. or Cane's is like the best. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Don't tell me about that. It's my love language. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not today, Lord. <laughs> so, no, that's yeah. beautiful. I like that, Ellen, of, of I go even when – I don't really feel like going, mm -hmm. but I want to receive the Lord. Mm -hmm. I want to be with the Lord. So I think that's a good word. I, I receive I receive that. I feel like that's important for even me to hear, you know, like, yeah, let's let's recommit to, to going often to Jesus in the Eucharist, even when maybe my my feelings aren't aligned with that quite there, you know, mm -hmm. quite yet. But yeah. It's beautiful. Well and what um uh if you're willing to share, uh, I think there's probably a lot of people who struggle with scruples to some degree, mm -hmm. and maybe they've never heard the term, or they don't know how to understand it, or like, could could you share like a specific example maybe of, of when your scruples were at their worst in like middle mm -hmm. school or high school, like 
what was a specific kind of thought pattern that you might struggle with or, or um yeah i think and this has to do with the eucharist ironically but uh um i was taught that you know when you receive communion you can either receive on the tongue or in the hands but if you receive on the hand you should check your hand for particles mm-hmm. of the eucharist that may have fallen onto your hand because you don't want that to fall on the ground and disrespect mm-hmm. the lord in that way and so mm-hmm. um my mind kind of took that and ran with it. So mm-hmm. I would receive communion on the hand and then I couldn't check my hand enough for mm-hmm. the Eucharist or mm-hmm. if, you know, I checked my hand and then I would start to pray. I'm like, oh my goodness, did I, did I put enough effort into that? Was I mm-hmm. sinning by not putting enough effort? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the Lord just cares about your intent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to say, oh, you need to you know, sit there and, you know, stare at your hand for five minutes to make sure <laughs> there's no mm. particles that have fallen. He just wants you to, you know, do that out of love mm-hmm. for him and to respect him. So I think that's one that mm. um, was a challenge. And yeah, um, yeah. does that answer your no, question? Yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah. example. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time, my experience has been people with scruples at the Eucharist is usually involved in some way, shape, mm. or form. Like, Interesting. You know, it, uh, Eucharist and confession, you know. Um, yes. It's sort of like, did I actually, con- you know, did I have real sorrow for my sin? Yes. Or did I actually say everything clearly enough? Mm. Or, you know, the, the attacks on your conscience as you're going up for communion, like, was that a mortal sin? Was it not? Mm. Like this constant Absolutely. doubt, you know, about... Mm. Um, receiving worthily and unworthily and so yeah scruples just I, I i'm glad you brought that up just because i think there are people out there who may not realize that like what they're afflicted with is sort of like a spiritual ocd and oh for sure and there's like specific remedies for it mm-hmm. it just requires that somebody's able to articulate that to a priest or somebody who knows what mm-hmm. the what the remedy is you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it sounds like you were fortunate enough to have a number of people that were able to kind of help you like <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, this is this is a bit scrupulous, and mm-hmm. and uh, here's how to overcome it. And so, um, good. Well, maybe tell us a little bit about you know maybe one or two things that you're trying to focus on currently, or have been maybe in the past few months mm-hmm. um, to grow in holiness. Um, I think what I've been doing a lot more recently. Um, I recently finished reading the book. It's called Time for God by Jacques Philippe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a great book. Yeah, it was honestly life-changing. It's a book about all about contemplative prayer and what prayer is and what prayer isn't, and it really changed um, my whole outlook on it. So I've recently just been really focusing on relearning how to pray, honestly, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize I needed to do, but here we are continually, you know, learning and growing and striving mm-hmm. for holiness. And so a lot of my prayer used to be, you know, I would go in and start with my daily rosary and then, you know, go do evening prayer and then journal a little bit. And I never left time for God to speak to mm-hmm. me. I never, you know, gave him that time to, you know, reveal things to me mm-hmm. or just to be with me. Yeah. I think I always was trying and, you know, this kind of goes back to, you know, I got to control everything. I would try to, you know, make the best of it and, you know, rely on my own efforts when in reality, you know, prayer is just God loving us and mm-hmm. pouring out his love over us. And so while all those things are good and beautiful and great, um, I've really been kind of taking, not taking a step back, but just allowing God 
to have more time to speak to me in my own prayer, yeah. um, mm. which is a challenge because I get so distracted all the time with yeah. Chick-fil-A. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. The Polynesian oh. sauce. I feel that. <laughs> Polynesian sauce. <laughs> I'm old school, I just go for the Chick Fil A sauce. <laughs> no, no, mm. Honestly, um, I was always afraid of the Chick Fil A sauce. Really? And then I tasted it for the first time, like as a kid. I don't know why I was afraid of it. Uh-huh. It's the best sauce they offer. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> not as good as cane sauce, but yeah, cane sauce is another level. Oh my goodness! Why do we keep talking about chicken? It's <laughs> Friday. Know. It's true, <laughs> Ellen. It's funny you mentioned Father Jacques Philippe and just Jacques Philippe. We just had this almost same conversation with <laughs> Cody Hummer. A minute ago where yeah. he's basically saying like uh sort of the, this this need this need for mm. yeah mental prayer um mm. and just silence with the lord when i'm not sort of involved in in some other devotion or something mm. all of which are good but there's a unique place in the spiritual life for this just one-on-one mm-hmm. being with the lord an intimate conversation you know like it's irreplaceable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. Actually, I remember my first exposure to that sort of I guess concept in a way. Um was when I first entered seminary and there was a Christmas gathering with all the seminarians and the bishop mm. and Bishop Finn sort of was gave us a little homily and the thing he mentioned was like, I want all of you to do a holy hour every day and I don't want you to be doing other stuff. Oh. While you're doing your holy hour, set aside your rosary for some other time, the liturgy of the hours for some other time, um, spiritual reading even for some other time. Like, I just want you to to be with the Lord. Wow. And I always remembered that I wasn't super faithful in the first <laughs> <laughs> the first several years in seminary, but um, I always remembered that. And he's just hitting that key component of like, yeah, just like an. Yeah, anyhow, we could go on. No, I love, I love that too. No, the king, I, I remember being in the seminary and like taking so many books to the chapel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, wow, I probably look either crazy or really holy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I wanted to fill my silence because I didn't know how to be silent. Yeah. I didn't know how to be silent before the Lord, you know? Um, and I, I had, I needed people to help me. And it sounds like Jacques Philippe is helping you mm-hmm. to like create space for this God who still speaks, you know, think of the word adoration, adoro, like to the mouth. Like there's something about <laughs> just being before Jesus and allowing him to speak to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I say amen to it, Kapetsky. I think it's important. And Jack Philippe, honestly, if, if you haven't read his book, it's excellent. It's so simple. Absolutely. It's so accessible. It's not a daunting tome on prayer. It's it's beautiful. And he quotes the saints throughout, mm-hmm. Therese of Lisieux. I mean, just these amazing witnesses of mental prayer. And honestly, every time I read him, I'm really pumped. Yeah. So I, I recommend that highly. Yeah, thanks for saying that. It's a good book. Could you give us an example of... Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you, let's say somebody is listening to this and saying, you know, I want to, I want to give, tomorrow morning I want to wake up and I want to give the Lord silence. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? <laughs> I'm still learning. So I don't know if I'd be the expert on that, but um, I think something that was really big for me too is just creating that space for it. Um, I found that it was really hard at first if I was at home and trying to, you know, engage in that prayer. 
um, because, you know, I'd be sitting in my bedroom and I'd look mm. over and see, you know, a pile of clothes that needed to be folded. Or <laughs> Yes, um, that's so real. Yeah. I just did that the other day. I saw a pile of towels and I'm like, I should probably fold those. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> stay focused. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so... I think kind of creating a space, I created a little prayer corner. So it was, you know, mm-hmm. I only, you know, when I was there, I would only pray instead of, um, I used to kind of use that area, you know, to do homework or different things like that. It was just, it's reserved for prayer. Um, and another thing I really like to do um, to create that space um, is to light a candle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Totally. But yeah, I went through <laughs> yeah. one of their catechesis catechist training programs a couple years ago and whenever they pray with the children uh they always light a candle Mm. and it's i don't know what it is about the candle that just sets it aside but it's Mm. just a visible um like reminder of something special to me at least um so i kind of took that from that and i was like i'm gonna try this and so i love to do that but i think just starting the prayer with okay jesus like i am here I went to receive, you know, whatever you're trying to tell me. I, my biggest problem is always getting distracted. And mm-hmm. so I always try to, you know, make that, you know, mental, you know, I know I'm going to get distracted, but I'm here. And, you know, I sometimes within the span of five minutes have to redirect myself 13 different times. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why, am, why can I not focus either that or I fall asleep? One of the two. <laughs> I'll, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, you know, the Lord just delights in the fact that, you know, you make the effort, even though you get distracted, if you turn back, you know, and keep turning back, it's, you know, when I work with my students, you know, and they, you know, make a poor decision and choose, you know, not to follow directions, but if they self-correct and Mm. they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And, you know, make that better choice, you know, it's so satisfying, you know, like, wow, look at them. They did it themselves. And so I was just kind of imagine that, you know, when a child, is continually trying and trying and trying, you know, that is so satisfying. And Mm -hmm. so it's the same way with the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. and distractions are totally normal. We're all human, but he just is delighted that we're trying. And some days I end up very frustrated with myself, but we're human. That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for that. The, um, the falling asleep that you mentioned, (laughs) um, reminds me of, uh, I, I, for the last year or so, every once in a while for my own mental prayer, I'll use as sort of in- initial ma- material for meditation, this book, um, Ensinu Yezu, um, which is incredible. Oh, it's, man, it's these I sort love of that book. Re- <laughs> sort of revelations of Jesus and sometimes Mary to this priest. And there's a really funny section at one point where he tells the, the priest, I think, was maybe sort of like Jesus could, obviously he knows exactly what all of us are thinking it any moment so maybe this priest was thinking that like his prayer wasn't um like pleasing to the lord if he fell mm. asleep or something and uh mm. and, <laughs> and jesus <laughs> like telling him different stuff and then he's like there are many saints in the church um like or how did you put it like if falling asleep in prayer were an impediment to sanctity there would be many saints who are currently saints who would not have become saints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's basically like it's okay. Like as as long as you're still trying to give me the best time of day. Yeah, you're trying your hardest, and you're not whatever. Like, and then you still fall asleep. 
like I'm fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's so encouraging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have to find that passage. I, um, I really like that. Yeah. That's it's, beautiful. It's great. I always, yeah. I feel like everyone has those experiences where it's like all of a sudden, it's like my thoughts are like, oh, I'm dreaming. <laughs> my thoughts are not like focused on my prayer, but it is beautiful to think that many people who wake up early in the morning to pray, like, Dozing off is just a part of the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just need some coffee. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, Ellen, tell us maybe uh, something you're, you've are you been striving to do to, to really sort of live on mission, so to speak, mm-hmm. to expand the Lord's kingdom. I think one thing I really love doing is I, um, I lead a women's small group um, weekly, which has been, I mean, life-changing for me, too, mm-hmm. and it's just so great to um, get some girls together to strive after the Lord and community and grow in sisterhood um, and encourage each other and keep each other accountable. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's been um, something I've really been focusing on. Mm. I kind of had to recently kind of take a step back and be like, okay, Ellen, you're overcommitted in everything mm. and you're not putting forth full effort in everything. And mm. so, Finally, like kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do is, you know, do this small group and do it faithfully and 110% has mm. been, um, yeah, it's just been incredible. Wow. Um, and how long have you done that? Almost a year now. Wow. Yeah. And how many, how many women do you have in this group? Um, I mean, 10 total, but okay. you know, it kind of sure. fluctuates. fluctuates. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. And is it with sisterhood? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's with sisterhood. Um, That's great. What's the most interesting conversation you guys have had so far? Oh, interesting is in like holiness or memorable or funny. Either either. (laughs) or both. Um, (laughs) I think we just started a study on the women doctors of the church. Oh, nice. Um, that's is, that through, cool. is, it, is it within Dow? No, it's, no, it's through um, the Abiding Together podcast has a okay. study on it. And so, of course they do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. And so we've recently just been um, studying these women, these doctors of the church. And What's your favorite so far? I'm really, okay, I'm really impartial to St. Therese because I grew up going to a parish named after her in a school. And so, you know, grew up. <laughs> She's with, your girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every October 1st, you know who's dressing in a Carmelite outfit. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. In a public school. Oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh, you mean like when you were a kid? When we were, yeah. Oh, I, meant that. I mean, you can still do it now. If you I could. thought you meant yeah. now. I'm like, wow, Ellie, you've really <laughs> taken that tradition and yeah. brought it to your adulthood. Oh, funny. No, she's yeah. great. That's neat. Yeah. I didn't know that the Abiding Together podcast had that. That's, yeah. That's awesome. It's great. It's beautiful. I Yeah. They've got some great resources that I've loved looking more into and learning from. Mm. And what's been the funniest conversation? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's a hard one. It's a lot of funny little moments that, yeah, when you just get a group of girls together it just ends up being, you know, we'll we'll start chatting and then I'm like, oh, it starts at 6.30 and then I'm like, oh my goodness, it's 7 o'clock, we need to start. Because, <laughs> you know, you just get women together wow. and they just keep talking. And sometimes it's about, 
you know, Chick-fil-A. And oh. sometimes it's about how their prayer life has been really hard this past week <laughs> right. and anything in between. So it's light. There's something, there's a, there's a lightness about com- conversation yes. within it. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Wow. So you, 30 minutes of, I, I, I would be so different. I'd be like, <laughs> okay guys, it's 630. <laughs> We're gonna get you out of here in ninety minutes. <laughs> Efficiency, practicality, <laughs> exactly. Terse productivity. It's like the Roman right. It's terse. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Hmm. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Great to have you and learn a little bit about your life and how you're striving to live it. So thanks for having me. Yeah. And um Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the City on a Hill podcast, and we'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the City on a Hill podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss another exciting episode or leaving a review, which may help others find the podcast and be inspired on their pursuit of sainthood. Check out our website at kansascityonahill.org and consider joining us at one of our upcoming events. Be assured of our prayers for you and for all young adults in the Kansas City area. God bless.